On this episode, we have Cindy Borrell, who shares plenty of stories of faith, plenty of ways she has overcome the norm. And what I absolutely love it is one of those episodes that we're will ignite your faith, ignite your feeling that you can achieve anything you set your mind to, anything you desire. It's such inspirational to hear her story. So you're in for a treat. But more importantly, if you are ready to completely challenge the norm and reinvent yourself, if you feel that call coming up, if you feel that desire, and you would like to be supported in that journey, then check out Sanctuary, a program that I'm launching that is coming up. And you can find more information about it at heyshaded.com forward slash sanctuary. That's it. Let's start the episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Grow Thoughts uh, podcast. And this particular series that we're covering, people that have challenged the norms and reinvented themselves. Today, I have Cindy Burrell with us. I am so excited um, to hear more about her. Um, she is one of those people that I did not know prior to this, but she filled out the form and her story was so captivating. Um, she shared in there how she came from very tough upbringing from a, a minority background and was able to turn her life around, get a degree, um, she just told me she just got remarried. So I'm thinking great things are happening <laughs> on that front too, but I will allow her to introduce herself and we'll get to know her together. So, hey, Cindy. Um, Hi, thank you, so, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and, and quite honored that you'd, uh, you'd have me as a guest. Um, so my name is Cindy, like you said, and I am uh, currently working as a school leader, uh, school principal at the moment. Cool. Um, yeah, it's fun looking into a transition actually right now in my life. Um, but I'm, I'm a married mother of two teenagers and um, I'm pretty close to my mom too. She's always in the picture. She's my best friend and same thing with my daughter. We're just very, very close. And uh, so that's a little bit about me. Oh, and I have my three dogs who are my little babies. <laughs> so the family's full. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, so tell us a little bit about your backstory, about the, the challenges that you faced growing up. Um, well, I'm the youngest of three on my mom's side. Um, my, I have my older brother and my older sister. Uh, we were raised by my mom as a single mom. So there was definitely some struggles with, with poverty there. She had both my brother and sister before she was 19. And then I came along a few years later uh, when she was around 21. Um, but we, we were very close, but we, we struggled for sure. And then my mom, um, she really, she's my hero. She really worked hard to try to give us the best life she could. And the unfortunate part of that was that what she knew how to do was, was try to find help. So she, she dated a lot. Um, she remarried a couple times and, um, she's very textbook codependent, you know, being raised in that household where most of the time as kids, we, we had to come second to her relationship. And a lot of those partners were, you know, jealous and, you know, just very mean spirited. They had their own addiction problems. Um, 
<clears throat> Meanwhile, we, but my dad was somewhat in the picture. He was also an addict and, and a, a felon. So he did some time in jail. Um, it was, it was a struggle, but there was love there. Um, mm -hmm. Statistically, you know, kids end up like their parents. And so, yeah. you know, I, my, my sister was also a teen mom. Uh, my brother also ended up a felon and an addict, you know, and me being the youngest of us, um, I, I just didn't want to follow in those footsteps. Like I felt from a young age, I needed to get out. We grew up in a very small town, not a whole lot of economic opportunities in general. Um, and a lot of people in, in tough situations as well. And so I just wanted to get out. You know, I was 16, 17 when my mom brought um, the worst of the exes back into the, into our home. And that was it for me. I was, after that, I no longer lived with my mom. I was kind of couch surfing until I could leave for college because I really just didn't want to end up the same way. I didn't, I didn't want to end up in that same cycle. And I felt very sure of myself. I had some good mentors in my life. I felt very confident I could do something different. And so when I was 17 years old, I had moved away to college and I felt like I had made it. Um, but fast forward 10 years or so, I was a college dropout. I had been married and divorced. I was a mom by the time I was 19. My son came when I was 20. Um, it was like I, I, I was also in bad relationships. After my divorce, I, was, I had dated a few guys who were like my mom's exes, but worse. And I just had this feeling like every time, like I, I'm just like my mom, I'm doomed mm -hmm. to be in relationships like her, hers. And, you know, this guy I'm with now compares to this guy she was with then. And, you know, my kids are suffering. My, my daughter was, you know, really struggling with her mental health. And at the time she was maybe like nine or 10. Um, mm -hmm. And, and like, I could see that I was, I was, doing the same things. And I wasn't, I was failing at doing something better with my life. And um, it was around that time I had read the law of attraction or the secret and learned about the law of attraction. Oh yeah. That's, that's where a lot of people <laughs> first hear about yeah. the law of attraction. I feel like now it's different, but for quite a few years, that's where everybody heard about the law of attraction. Yes, definitely. And, and I'm, I'm Christian. And so mm -hmm. for me, it, it aligned very much with my faith where people will say the universe, I'm talking to God, you know, and where yeah. people say, you know, like you, you gotta have, like, stay positive, keep your vibes up. I'm talking about keeping your faith and, and serving God and, and loving other people and putting good things out there, you know, and God returns those and he answers prayers. You know, mm -hmm. it's just the same as the same idea as a, a vision board or, you know, putting your desires out into the universe is the same thing as praying for me. Um, yeah. yeah so setting intentions is the same thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, I went to work on putting the good things out there for sure. I became a teacher, um, but I was still, you know, really struggling with my, not just in my career, but in my, my relationships and my love life, my children were suffering and I kind of felt like I had hit rock bottom my my the guy I was with at the time was cheating <laughs> he was with um he was abusive mm -hmm. um and I was really working hard to make sure my kids didn't see that because I wanted them to still have a chance to break the cycle but um you know so I was I was working very very hard in the wrong direction and so once I learned about the law of attraction and I, and I 
I just put my full faith into that. Um, like I, I decided I was going to go back to college to work towards my dream of becoming a school leader. Um, and I just have these crazy, the craziest stories from having faith. And I think like the, the biggest ones at the time was like, you know, I needed to fix my financial situation. And so, uh, my ex, the guy I was dating at the time had, um, some skills in, in home restoration. And so I was very gung ho. Let's, let's start a business. And, <laughs> and we did, and we, like, I had, was back in school. I took out a student loan to fund it and we, <laughs> yeah, it, we just took off by within a month. It was Valentine's day. We got our first big check. And within three months we had cleared $30,000 in income and it was just working. And I was a believer and I knew then that it, it would work. Um, and so I just kept moving forward with that. Like at that, I had, I dropped out of school, like I mentioned, and, um, I wanted, I wanted to go back. My, the school year here ends like at end of May, beginning of June. And I, I was a few months away from being able to get a degree before I had dropped out. And so it was December, November, December, when I decided to go back and there's no way you can get readmitted. Sorry, my puppy is pushing chairs around under the table. Um, there's no way you can get readmitted into college and get your financial aid in order and get your classes. Even just getting admitted is so much past the deadline to be able to start in yeah. January. And it was, like I said, it was December, but I just had full faith. Like, this is going to happen. This is what I pray for. This is what's going to happen. So I'm just going to mm -hmm. find the right people. And if somebody says no to me, I'm going to talk to somebody else. And I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And I got back into school somehow. And then this amazing person, like just the answer to my prayers, who was at the school campus and working with me over the phone, she just worked things out for me so that I can get my financial aid back in order. And, and I was back in and I was going to be done. I was able to graduate in June, but wow. part of yeah, I know. It was super exciting, but I knew I was facing an uphill battle because part of the reason why I dropped out of school was because of my own mental health issues and, mm -hmm. you know, really, yeah, yeah really struggling to balance life. School. I, I've experienced that not with school, but with business. And it's, it's heartbreaking when your mental health, like, you know, you can do it, but your mental health just holds you back in that process. So yeah, I yes, totally definitely. empathize with that. Yeah. And, and it's about who do you, how do you see yourself? Do you believe in yourself? And, mm -hmm. and it's hard to do that when you're struggling with, with depression or, you know, I also had undiagnosed ADHD and that was also like a huge struggle and made it hard for me to believe in myself too, because I had mm -hmm. a hard time following through with the things I started. And, you know, it, like just, it was just such a roadblock. Um, but yeah, definitely like that having to address the, the obstacles at the same time. So it was like, I know this is going to work out for me. I know it is. Yeah. And so it's my job to take the actions that are going to help me get there to, you know, clear the way. And so I had gotten, um, I reached out to a mental health provider. I got some help there. And that was really just, to, yeah, to support me to be able to get out of, to finish my degree. Um, and so I remember talking to my students in, in March or so and telling them 
I'm not coming back next year. And, and they, you know, of course had all these questions and I said, well, I'm going to get a job in, in leadership. I'm going to become a principal. And they're like, Oh, how do you like, you already got a job? No, I don't have the job yet. (laughs) I just know that I will. And Mm -hmm. I was passing out copies of the secret to everybody who had <laughs> questions because <laughs> I'm like this really works I promise this really works and yeah by the grace of God I graduated in June and in July I got my first offer to be an assistant principal in my district mm-hmm. and it was yeah this was like six months like it, my entire life changed within those six seven months of just deciding that I can it's out there and I can have it and we can all have it. Like there's enough for everyone. And yeah. And then that was, that was it. That was the game changer for me. And I didn't, didn't fix everything, uh, but it gave me the tools I needed to be able to approach any problem that ever came my way ever again. And um, I want to tell my In a way it strengthens your faith, you know, like you had to have faith in order to make all these things happen but the fact that they happened then strengthens your faith for whatever next challenge or whatever next thing you desire. So I love that. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. And I had to like kind of build momentum. Like I saw first I applied it to, to the boyfriend and, and, you know, worked out this business and it worked for him. And when I really applied myself and, and so I knew it, there was a way. And then I, next step, you know, getting into college and that worked out and it should not have, you know, it was com- mm-hmm. against all the rules <laughs> that, that, and it shouldn't have worked out, but it did. And so that faith just kept building, like compounding to the point where I quit my job without a job offer and, you know, without even having completed my degree, there was still maybe three weeks left of school and it was hard, but yeah, I still, I cleaned out my classroom, even though there was no job offer. And <laughs> some people thought I was crazy. And I just handed them a copy of the book and said, you can do it too, <laughs> you know, like just what is it that you want? And let's figure out, you know, how, how do we do make it? that? Yes. 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 Yeah. But it, I mean, it, my favorite story is for sure. Like my love life, like how how yeah, I would love to know there. that. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. you went from the the boyfriend that you know you built a business with, but that wasn't treating you too great, right? Right. <laughs> so right. how are you now, Mrs. <laughs> Burrell? <laughs> um. Well, I had I had to. I really needed to put some work in on myself to be able to get here, uh, but it was definitely also probably ninety percent of it was just having faith, you know, and, and knowing that I can have anything I want. And, and so I, I remember sitting on my couch and just had this huge fight because there was another woman that I found out about who worked with me. It was horrible. And my daughter found the text messages. And so the thing I was trying to my best to protect her from was now like blowing up in my face. I felt like my life was like this purse full of junk and one day and then the next day it was like that whole purse just got flipped out upside down and you know I I had to change the locks on my house and make him move out and tell him you know as much as we were on again off again that this was it you know and mm-hmm. he couldn't come back and that took a lot that was very very hard um but in order to get there I had like the the what sticked out to me the most of that time frame was I was sitting on the couch 
after this big fight and like I knew I wanted better and I just I didn't have the best role models you know my mom dated guys that weren't very great either and I didn't know how I didn't know what a good relationship looked like or how to find one or how to build that Uh, but I sat on my couch that night and I wrote a letter to my future husband and I know that there's people who have done this before and and I learned I'm sure I picked it up from somewhere but I wrote out dear future husband thank you for you know doing these x y and z things for me and it means so much that you you have a good relationship with my mom and that you love my kids and you know like I just wrote out this letter thanking him for everything he did for me that I wanted in my life and in my relationship and and it was a long letter, but it was not at all about my boyfriend at the time. Yeah. He was definitely, definitely not the one. <laughs> that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. So I knew, I knew that he wasn't, he wasn't the one that I was asking for. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of, I mean, as hard as it is, when you're a codependent person, like it's hard to fathom life without somebody you're taking care of, you know, like, it's, yes. like what is even your purpose if you're not just taking care of some guy you know Mm -hmm. who's not taking care of themselves and so that was that was really really difficult for me to work through that and and you know really cut off contact um but I I just leaned on that picture of this future husband and and I met a guy and he was very nice and (laughs) definitely outside of like my my type Mm-hmm. you know but sometimes 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 you have to just not be who you were you know like yeah yeah it's just step into the next step into the next version of yourself literally embodying that version of yourself you know yes yeah and that was like my thought was who I am is not serving me I gotta work to be who I want to be yeah. and and that, that's kind of how I was able to like see the value in this person that I was talking to but it wasn't, it wasn't easy in the beginning because I wasn't ready yet. Like I wasn't fully over this last relationship and the emotional baggage of being abused and being, you know, treated that way. And so, and also my childhood trauma of watching my mom in these relationships and, and always feeling like the way to be important is if a man tells you you're important and that's it. That's the only way I had to work through that. And, um, so we, the me and this nice guy, this good guy had to separate for a little bit because I knew I, I wasn't what he deserved. Like he deserved somebody better that just mm-hmm. loved him and not loved him, but also, you know, had feelings for this other guy that I couldn't get out, out of my head or, you know, some, I did, I wanted to be better for him first. And that was hard, but I had to do a lot of journaling and, and I had to rewire my brain to stop believing that I was my mom. I'm not a reincarnation of my mom. These guys that mm. I've dated are not reincarnations of my mom's exes. Like I had to let that go. And and even my own past, my own exes, like those guys don't define who I'm going to end up with or, you know, if if I'm going to end up single. Like I had to I had to rewire, like convince myself that those things were not true. But the truth is that there is good out there and I do deserve good love because I'm a loving person. And I'm going to continue to love with my whole heart. And I want that back. And mm. I want that. I want that future husband. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. And 
And, so and, and just a, a quick question there too, because I think you you mentioned there the rewiring of your brain, right? You you your subconscious mind was trained to to think a certain way, and how was that process? So not what you did, but how often did you need to do it? Because I think a lot of people they often think, oh, you just do this once and your brain is rewired, right? But that's yeah. not really how it works. Yeah, no, no. Like I, I had to physically rewrite my story of what the truth is, you know, in, in order to acknowledge the lies that I had been believing and telling myself, like I had to put it down on paper. And that was not just one time, <laughs> that was yeah. multiple times. And, and I would say that this journey probably was took the course of about a year of mm -hmm. being able to really heal and, and step into this new light of you know, become this person who I wanted to be. And it, and it was not just, just the one, it was every time that I caught myself telling myself those lies, like I'm literally re-saying the truth. So if the lie is, oh, you know what? Jonathan is just like my mom's ex, Chris. And, you know, um, Brian is just like my mom's ex, uh, Bill, you know, then mm -hmm. if I hear myself saying that, then I had to stop myself and say no the truth yeah. is brian is brian and he was a learning a lesson i had to learn and jonathan mm -hmm. is jonathan and that was a lesson i had to learn and and i am not my mom and i and i can make my own future like i had to say that in my head sometimes out loud you know like mm -hmm. you know and sometimes i catch myself even in you know talking to my brother and sister who have their own baggage you know we sometimes get into like talking about our 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 past and I even then I have to correct myself out loud and say but no those are not who we are yeah mom made those mistakes but doesn't mean we have to do the same and I'm not going to do the same thing anymore like I I'm doing something different now you know and it, it took it took a lot to rewire that like you know and and I can't even say that I'm completely a hundred percent done like there are we're never done you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yes, just keep exactly. scaling and keep reinventing and keep challenging all these norms and you keep growing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So the guy, his name is Steven and mm -hmm. he, he was every single thing I had put on that letter Dang. to my future husband. And it, it only, when, once we were um, dating, it only took me a couple of weeks to recognize that, even though it had been a couple of years since I had written that letter, like I, I had, I, I recognized immediately that he fit all of those things I wanted. And I remember making a joke because we had a lot of music in common and we were um, sharing our favorite songs. And um, I sent him a song called The Light by Common. And he was like, oh, I love that song too. And, and so we were kind of, you know, bonding over that song. And I told him, uh, we're going to play that at our wedding. <laughs> you know, and we've only been dating for like two weeks so he thinks I'm just this crazy person probably <laughs> and he just laughed it off but um three years later we played that song at our wedding and I love it and now I'm Mrs. Burrell <laughs> and and love is not something I have to worry about anymore you know and it's it's something that I get to just cherish and work for and and I have it and it's forever and you know, mm. like I'm, I'm so, so, so blessed to be here in this moment. And I'm actually in this big transition in my life right now. I'm trying to elevate, going to the next level 
in my career and in, in our, my family's lives and, and, and having him there as this constant thing, you know, like as I'm scared, you know, I start getting in my head, like, oh, what things could go wrong? And, and then I'm the rewiring process again, (laughs) like the same thing. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But now I have this person who's next to me that I know he's not going anywhere. And if everything else in my whole world turns upside down, he'll still be right there. And that is just this grounding, peaceful feeling of like not having to stress about that. And love is just the best thing. And, and I don't know, my, we're in a much better spot because of it, you know? I love it. And I just wanted to like take a moment to more or less keep track and you can fill in if you would like to keep track of like all the norms you've challenged, you know, like you have the generational norm with your mom, um, you have, and dad actually, um, you have the relationship um, norms that you've challenged, you've completely changed that around. You have the educational norms that you challenged. Um, and sh- you haven't talked about it, but I'm sure as a mother, you've, you've shown up differently than your mom has. Um, I can imagine also, oh, the codependency norms you've challenged. I mean, the list can go on and on, right? Yes. <laughs> the amount of times that you've reinvented yourself and you've committed to that work of next leveling yourself is amazing freaking amazing like (laughs) I hope you know how inspiring your story is thank you so much and I had I had I have a question for you too because you mentioned handing out the secret books to people right have you thought about writing your own book because (laughs) I think there's enough stories in there for probably a few books (laughs) I I haven't I mentioned I have ADHD. So yeah. writing is like a writing is a struggle. I'm actually working on my doctorate right now. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of writing involved. And that's uh the thought of writing a book is like, oh my gosh, more words. Ooh. But I see where you're coming from. And and right mm-hmm. now I, I haven't thought about writing. So maybe someday in the future, and now that yeah. you planted the seed. <laughs> but one thing I do is um I teach the adult religious classes in my church. Mm-hmm. Um and and I use that kind of more as my platform to share with other people of the miracles that are accessible to us every single day. Get, I, I just just like maybe a month ago, I have a group of students who were completing the program, and um, and as one of their final activities that we did together was reflecting on all of the things that they all of the blessings in their life, like anything they're grateful for, and then I had them write the most absurd list they can come up with of everything they want in their life. And I, you mm-hmm. know, just, there's no limits. And, and of course we're in, we're in church. So this is more of like, what are things that you want to pray for? And don't be afraid of what, to, of what you're asking for. Like you, you don't deserve anything anyway. Like we mm-hmm. all are, you know, we all have our faults, but because we're blessed to be here, like, and, and I don't mean to get too religious, but like we're loved no matter what we're loved yeah. no matter what our sins are what are what mistakes we've made what our background mm-hmm. is you know we're loved no matter what and that abundance is there for us and so don't when I was telling the students like don't don't limit yourself based off of what you feel like you deserve yeah because 
it's all there for you no matter what. And, and so, you know, I said like, I'm going to put on my list that I want to make $200,000 a year in my next job or more because Mm -hmm. it's there. And so why limit myself to 200 if I have the option to have more, you know, if I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. So I put that down and I said, um, you know, and I want to be a a size eight. I haven't been a size eight since I was in high school. So (laughs) I'm going to put, I'm going to put that down too, because I can, and, you know, and just doing this exercise and I, you know, we wrote this list and I'm, I just had them write nonstop for 10 minutes or so. Um, if we had more time, I would have said, don't stop till you get to a hundred, you know, and, <laughs> but the, the job, their job was write down every absurd thing that they could possibly wish for their own lives and just hide it somewhere. And in a year, let's revisit and see how many of those absurd things you were able to get just because you asked for it and you believed that it was there for you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's a practice that I do in my life. Yeah, I do that pretty, too. Pretty regularly. Yeah. <laughs> And that's how we keep reinventing. And it's so interesting when you start checking out those things, because at first, like I have a list, I don't look at it all the time. Um, But whenever I think, whenever I achieve something, I I go in and, you know, go check out things. And usually I can check off more than one thing that I forgot that I even had on the list. And it's always like, whoa, this actually works, you know? (laughs) it's like you know it but every time it's like whoa (laughs) yeah like yeah how (laughs) yeah and and it doesn't even have to be just written like it it's just something to remind you that you ask for it and it's going and it's out there and it's there for you like just um me and my husband are dreaming of someday we would move to the mountains maybe 10 years from now we move up north into and have land and be able to walk outside and be in nature, you know, and, and so we were redecorating my house and, and I wanted to buy a set of these big pictures of mountain views. And the idea was, it's because this is what I want in the future. So I'm going to act like this is my window. (laughs) I, I walk into my living room and my view is of these beautiful mountains and all this greenery and, and that's my view and I don't have it yet, but I'm going to act like I do. And then you will. And then, I'll, so I did that last month. Last month, we put those pictures up. And then three days ago, I, by some chance encounter, had ended up having a superintendent reach out to me about taking a principal job in Colorado, where we would be surrounded by trees and mountains. <laughs> and now we're like looking into housing up there where we would have land and a view. And it's like, it's so much faster than I anticipated. I thought five years, 10 years, but no, it's like July. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> um, I love it. Um, the last thing I would ask is what advice would you have for somebody that right now is in the thick of it that feels like, hey, and and I think more specifically, somebody that has already reinvented themselves, they've gotten to a place where it's great, things are working out but they feel this pull, this need, this desire for more. And there's this fear coming up that, hey, this is too much, you know, like too much. What advice would you have for a person like that? I think my advice would just be that, I mean, 
a good principle to live off of is to not make any decision based off fear. If you're facing a decision, mm-hmm. you remove yes. fear out of that equation. And what would you do? If you weren't afraid of anything, what would you do? What's, yes. What do you really want for yourself? And then focus on that thing or reinventing yourself again, you know? And I think that the, oh. <laughs> I think that the, just the reminders, having, having the reminders around yourself, you know, and more than anything, reminding yourself personally, you know, and, and having that di- internal dialogue, making sure that it's aligned with where you're going. Um, to remind yourself that you have everything you need to take that next step. There's nothing that you're lacking to be able to get there. It's just a matter of knowing it's there and acknowledging how awesome you are and you it's there for you already. And, yes. uh, and you know, make those decisions off of faith instead of fear and you can have all of it. Everything is for you. Yes, I love it. I love it. Is there anything else you feel like you need to add? Well, I think that probably would be the thing I want to add. Just everybody needs to know that they that they have what they need to, mm. to get to that next level, and you know, and the things that have happened in your past, they happen to help you. They didn't happen because it's just some, you know, sad story. It happened because it made you ready for this next step and ready to break those cycles or, you know, achieve that next thing. Just a matter of focusing your intentions and knowing that it's there for you. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Cindy, it's such an honor, such a blessing to have had you on this episode. Like if you're not watching, if you're listening to this and not watching, she is glowing. She is vibrating. (laughs) Good energy. I absolutely love it. And thank you for sharing your stories. I think um, there is I'm probably going to botch this, but there's a verse in the Bible that says they were overcome by, I think, faith and word of testimony, word of their testimony. And I always love that verse because I believe that when we share stories of faith, we activate the faith within others. I mean, it's, it's great to do it for yourself. You know, when you look at your own blessings and your own ways of, you know, how you had faith and it, it turned into something, it, it became what you desired, right? That's great when we do it for ourselves, but it's even more activated when we hear, we keep hearing stories from other people. And so thank you for that. Like, I feel like this episode, anybody that listens to it is going to have their faith activated just like that. So thank you so much for sharing. I hope so. And you're such an inspiration too. I also love your story. I love following you on Facebook because (laughs) I love to see what you're up to after, you know, everything you've been through to say where your faith has guided you to. So thank you for the, having this platform and and having me and also doing the work you're doing to inspire other people, you know, you got to just keep it out there for others. Yes. Thank you. All right. (laughs) Bye. Bye. On the next episode, you'll meet Shanice Youngsons, somebody that I have met recently, not too long ago, (laughs) and became friends with. She is a sexual trauma coach, an expert, if I would say so. Um, And she shares her story of going from a control freak to somebody that is very much in tune with 
who she is, going with the flow and trusting herself, all that beautiful stuff. And it's such a beautiful story of how she lives and travels around. Um, all that stuff is inside of this episode. So check out the next episode. And also, if you by any chance feel like, oh my God, it is time for me to reinvent myself, then I would highly suggest checking out Sanctuary, which is a program that I'm launching that will all be all about creating that new life, creating more freedom in your life to really create that accelerating, liberated experience and doing it your way. So if you're interested in that, check out heyshader.com forward slash sanctuary and see if it's the right fit for you. All right. See you on the next episode.